With the Quicksilver card from Capital One, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase. Unlimited? Unlimited? Unlimited! 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 Anyway you say it, earning unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase just sounds good. Capital One, what's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? Capital One Bank USA NA. You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. Hello, Jaguar fans. Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast, the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. I am your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and joined... And I am, uh, of course, as always, joined here by the Jaguars wire guru, the Don, the boss, the man himself, the myth, the legend, James <laughs> John. How are you doing today, bud? It's good to good to be get back to work here after uh, after the draft, and of course, some very very shocking news dropping today that we're going to get into. How are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, man, I can't complain, man. When you were like the myth and the legend, man, I, I thought you were about to say like Gardner Minshew or something. Like that. I was about to that's say, wait, hold on, we got Gardner on the podcast too. That's right? our new boat. That's new. Oh, we need to do that. I bet you he's super accessible right now. I'm gonna tweet him. Yeah, we should. And not only that, man, uh, we should get some uh, shirts made for those who haven't heard. We got a Gardner Minshew Facts account. It's called Minshew Facts for those who want to follow it. But we should probably get some shirts made for like training camp or something so we can get at him or something. You know, what? we're going to be first first on this hype train. I know I actually know already a few people that would definitely want to get on this bandwagon with us early because uh, Minshew is coming, guys, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> <But> yeah, not. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, it's good to be uh, back to work. Of course, the draft has come and gone. We are now approaching rookie mini camps and some very shocking news dropping today about linebacker Telvin Smith, which is the bulk of what we are going to be discussing here this afternoon. We'll get into that here shortly. Of course, make sure you check out the site at jaguarswire.usatoday.com. The site handles are Jags Den Podcast. The Jaguars Wire. Make sure you follow Jay at Sports Grind underscore Don, our colleague underscore Jay Della, and myself, Phil the Filipino, F I L I P I N O. And of course, make sure you're checking the podcast out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and also we are on the Audio Boom Network via USA Today. And if you guys feel so uh, uh, so so generous in your hearts, make sure you drop a review on iTunes as well. We would. Really appreciate it. But, of course, as we start every single show, we're going to get some quick hits out of the way before we get into the main topics. The Jaguars have come to terms with four of the 2019, uh, 2019 rookie selections before rookie minicamp, which starts tomorrow, which is May 10th through Sunday. Um, of course, we've signed – and then those signees have been tight end Josh Oliver, running back Ryquel Armstead, quarterback, the GOAT, the new boat in town. <laughs> And nose tackle Dontavious Russell. We assume Josh Allen will be coming down the pipeline soon as news broke recently that uh, um, Kyler Murray had just signed his contract very recently. And um, those numbers 
we'll pull up here a little bit later kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what maybe Josh Allen's going to get down the line. So those were the the players that they have come to terms with, and they have actually made a few cuts to get the roster down to 90 players and to clear up some cap for those rookies. Among them, and, and some of the most notable are quarterback Cody Kessler, who got a few starts here. This past season, running back Dave Williams, linebacker Blair, linebackers Blair Brown and Donald Payne, Parker Edinger and fullback, offensive lineman Parker Edinger and fullback Dimitri Flowers. So any kind of any, any surprises from you, Jay, of, of those you're getting cut? I think probably Cody was not so much of a surprise, especially after Gardner Minshew coming in. Maybe a lot of people maybe thought it would be. Tanner Lee, although I, I don't even think he's actually on the roster, or, or the he was no, he was never really on the active roster, I don't believe. But mm-hmm. any of those cuts uh, uh, surprise you or anything like that? Any surprises from those names? Yeah, like you said, kind of, kind of Kessler, uh, because like I said, and you already alluded to, we were thinking that they would cut Lee before him, and I mean, like, really, the thing is, Lee didn't really show anything. I think the last week against the Houston Tech since week seventeen. I believe they made him active, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't make the act. Uh, what was it? He was. Um, he was one of the ten players that didn't dress, if you will, or, or however many players didn't dress uh, that week. But they put him on the active roster, if I can recall correctly. I could be wrong. And then he didn't dress, so he was one of the uh, ineligible players, if you will, for that week. So yeah, f- you know, as a, I mean, as for uh, Kessler himself. Uh, I would, I mean, but the the thing with Kessler was always like, just like people were making the excuse for Blake Bortles, if you will, like, you know, he played behind a bad line too, Cody Kessler. So like, we, I don't know if we really saw the best out of him, so to speak. I'm not a Cody Kessler fan or whatever the case may be, but I'm just saying like, I would have kept him because he played behind a ragtag offensive line just as well as Blake Bortles did. So it would have been interesting to see what he can do, in other words, behind a healthy offensive line this year but obviously they see something in Gardner Minshew they talked about his IQ they love his IQ so he has something to do with it and maybe you know they like what they've seen out of Alex McGuff uh during uh phase two and phase one of the offseason uh and they probably like uh what they're seeing out of Tanner Lee as well so those three will battle it out but uh really no surprises there Dimitri Flowers doesn't shock me because they're not really going to use a fullback in this offense with John DeFilippo um Donald Payne uh maybe like Blair Brown because of the Telvin Smith situation now Blair, Blair Brown was Bit of a surprise to me right but need i remind you that happened before telvin smith broke the word so right. if the jaguars were truly which i don't know if they truly didn't know what was going on with smith or not i tend to think that they had a clue uh but we'll talk about that later uh but still uh you know i would have held on to blair brown just no with all of the uncertainty going on with telvin smith whether they knew or not i would have held on to blair brown but, you know, that's neither here or neither there. And then Dave Williams uh, is a guy that, you know, I would have liked to have seen more out of last year. Uh, they let him play towards the tail end of the season. They really give him a lot of snaps and carries. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy that I believe had more upside than a guy like Thomas Rawls, who hasn't touched the ball in like a year and some change. So, uh, I mean, no, really not really disappointed, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, it's just a few guys in there that I may have held on to a little bit longer than they did. 
Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting again with Cody Custer and, and you know as we mentioned with, as you mentioned there Jay Blair Brown maybe that's a name that just he's about to pack up and then he's like hey hold on uh, really quick just uh, <laughs> come back and into my office uh, really quick let's let's have it let's have a talk so right. we may come right <laughs> he might back. get signed tomorrow right yeah uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there Cody Custer is interesting because you know he's a guy who's just never really gotten the the right opportunity I don't think. I think when it all come, when it's all said and done in Cody Kessler's career, it's just going to be a big question mark because we don't really know what what he could have been because of course he had he had his situation in Cleveland and then he comes down here and just really just cleans up the scraps of a just a, a, a entirely disappointing team riddled with injuries and who knows what he he could have been so that one was a little bit surprising but um, of course as we uh, you know as we mentioned rookie minicamp is is coming up and we'll have an opportunity to see see some of those guys in action i know we're excited to get you guys some up-to-date reports and, and how all that is going but you know we just wanted to get those couple of things out of the way and of course we want to talk about the news of the day which revolves around linebacker telvin smith um telvin smith released uh, an instagram post here today i'm going to read it to you guys in full um here's what he put up and this was a few hours ago, excuse me, it says, it was said to me from a great coach that in order for the man to be his best, he must get his world in order. At this time, I must take time away from this game and get my world in order. I must give this time back to myself, my family, and my health. I appreciate all the support I will and will not get. I just ask y'all respect my decision to not play football this season. I know the rumors of trade talk came about. But I started my career in Jacksonville, and the day I decided to call it quits, it will be right here in Duval. I love y'all, and even in my time off, it's hashtag 10 toes down. You feel me? Love. Um, the Jaguars then later released their own statement via their social media. We will not have a comment about Telvin Smith's statement at this time. We need to have a conversation with Telvin to understand the situation and the circumstances. If there is a way we can support him, we need to understand that. So that is the official statement from the team. Um, this, this really kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, of course, there was that news a few weeks ago, Tom Coughlin calling out very, uh, whether you say we want to say it's, it was directly or indirectly. I don't think he really mentioned name, names. I don't remember, but uh, I know, you know, with Telvin, and Jalen Ramsey not showing up to the volunteer, volunteer mind you, volunteer uh, minicamp. So it was okay that he did not show up. But we had a we had a pretty deep discussion about that. Um, but they, it's just been a little strange. They they fallen out of contact with him, had not heard from him for a while for a while, and then this news comes out. So Jay, what was your first reaction when you when you saw this news break from Telvin Smith? Yeah, I was shocked. And at the same time, I wasn't shocked because of a couple of days ago, he was on Instagram live, you know, saying that he was going to have some breaking news later on throughout the week. And like when he said that, you know, that that immediately sent a lot of people into, uh, you know, thinking about what it could be. You know, some people were thinking it was like a drug related suspension uh, or, you know, some people were thinking it was contract related or, you know, a couple guys got paid a lot of money at the linebacker positions during the offseason, like Quan Alexander amongst notables who, you know, there is a discrepancy in his contract and Telvin Smith's deal. Uh, nonetheless, Telvin Smith is still like a top uh, three or four paid linebacker at his specific position at the outside 
4-3 linebacker position. Uh, so, you know, that there that was on the table that it could be that. Uh, and, you know, a few people even thought about retirement or, or stepping away from football for X amount of time. So, yeah, I was I was surprised. Uh, but like I said, so at the same time, I wasn't completely shocked. Um, but Telvin Smith is, you know, he's a guy that that me and you have talked on uh, plenty of times, you know, whether it be us praising him and uh, his abilities to make tackles or, you know, his struggles through coverage. Uh, but he's a guy that, you know, we really like on the Jags Den podcast and being that he's from my area and, you know, he's a he's a good role model, at least for the Albany and Valdosta area. Uh, you know, he's somebody I've watched carefully and, you know, it's, it's uh, I will say this, like I am uh, happy that he does have the ability to step away from the game, albeit we, we don't know how long it might be forever or just temporarily. Uh, but you, you worry about him and not just him, but just players in general. Me and you have talked about the movie Concussion before. You worry about players health in general. And this sounds like this what this might be a case of, which me and you discussed the pro football talk article. Uh, you remember that time where he had concussion, a concussion in 2017. Uh, he was let right. back into the game and come to find out they had to pull him back out of the game and they kept him out for, you know, game right. yeah, yeah. For like two more games after that. So, you know, that was a big question mark thing. And, and a part of me wonders if that particular incident is what's leading up to this. Like he said, he spoke with a coach you know, and um, the coach probably gave him that speech that, hey, look, you know, the body is a temple. You got to take care of it. And uh, maybe, you know, that's something that he considered heavily. I know he if I'm not mistaken, he does have a child and that could play a big role into this thing. Like, you know, hey, you want to be able to lift your child when you're 35 years old and you don't want to have all of these uh, scary things that we're hearing about CTE, uh, you know, as you're 40 and 50 years old. And, you know, that's something that maybe he took back and took a look at and considered. And if he did, you know, I'm I'm very happy that he did, you know, because we care about these these players as people as well. And if that's the case and he comes back or he never comes back, you know, you, you can't blame him for uh, the situation, in my opinion. Here's what I would like to say about the situation, because, you know, of course, and, and, and we told you this before, guys, we see everything. We see all your comments. We see in the mentions, we see on Facebook. Yep. We may not always yep. respond, but we're we're watching. We we see <laughs> all of it. Okay. Yep. Some of the reactions, of course, people just being trolls. And right. as somebody myself and who has loved ones that have dealt with mental health issues, if you don't have anything positive or supportive to say, just keep your mouth shut. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like it's bigger than football. Like I think that's the big part of this. Like a lot of people are, you know, that they, they, you could tell their response, their mind is on winning a championship, bringing a championship to Duval, and not so much worried about Telvin Smith the person, you know. And I, you know, I I hate to kind of say this, but the Jaguar statement kind of, you know, it's very. It's I, I wasn't a fan of it. Right. I, it's right. It's very just dismissive right. because. Sure. Okay. Listen. I mean, you know, and we're we're fresh off the heels of Matt Johnson up and not telling his boss that he quit his job, but yeah. that was he did that publicly, you know, in front of a bunch of reporters. 
this, even though we kind of had an idea of like something's wrong, mm-hmm. um, but but still, you want to. And you know who's and, and this is this can't be understated as well. You know who's watching how the Jaguars handle this? All the players in the rest of the league, because this is going to be very important. Because you're, no one's going to come here or want to play for this franchise if they mishandle this, right? You know, right. and Jalen Jalen has already come out, and AJ Boye, I believe, commented on the on the post and immediately voiced their support. And it's going to be very important how the Jaguars as a franchise handle this from the Mm -hmm. front office. Right. And, um, you know what? I applaud Telvin. I hope ultimately everything is okay. And like we said, this is a game you guys. Yes. We're passionate about it. We're hardcore fans. We love this team as if they were our own frustrating children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about it. It's, it is a game. Yes. They get paid a lot of money to play a game, you're worth what somebody is going to pay you. That's that there, you know what I mean? So that just because it's a game and they get paid a lot of money does not just like you said, does not so separate them from being their own people. They still go home and have issues at home or Mm -hmm. they're still happy or they have things in their past that they have just ignored for the longest time. These things are still going on even though on Sundays they put on a jersey and and, and smile and, and, and high-five you and, and wave to you and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, right. <clears throat> like I said, if you don't have anything positive or uplifting or supportive to say or anything constructive to say, I'll put it that way, I don't, you know, don't want to hear from you. I'm going to be honest. I don't want to hear it. So, we, we, of course, will monitor this situation over the next few days. We'll see what's, what happens. But ultimately, and, and Jay, I'm sure I can speak for, for you the Jaguars wire in general. We just hope that he is, he is okay. Look, look at, look at Rob Gronkowski. Who's, you know, he, he walked away and he, cause he just wants to be able to enjoy his life and, and walk around. Right. Yeah. Cause he's very beat up. Rob, Rob entered the lead beat up. That's why he was a second round pick. Now people, a lot of people don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. He, he was beat up. And coming look at into the it. side of a guy who ultimately never got the help in an Aaron Hernandez. You know, yeah. that's, an ex- that's an extreme situation, I understand. But complete, you know, a, a situation where he never had anybody, a coach in this instance with Telvin Smith, who I, I, we don't know. And, you know, a lot of this is going to be speculation because we don't know what's going on, you guys. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Right. And But I, I, I feel like probably it's probably somebody from either maybe he, he knew in high school or somebody at FSU is what I would have to guess, somebody right. that – that he's talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at the opposite situation of guys who don't get that kind of help. And um, I did see something very interesting. I think it was, I think it was Pete Prisco who said something like that. The, the, the departure of Paul Puzlesny really affected him. Um, oh, sure. He really got the Puzz. And, and I think this, I think that have, not having that presence around definitely affected him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He cried during the man's retirement ceremony, man. Like it was a it was a big bond between those two, man. Trying to find the exact 
statement, but just to kind of give you guys an, an, an idea, because ultimately, of course, we're talking we're talking football here. This is and, and yes, we have taken our shots at, at Telvin for, but n- nothing can be taken away. He has been an outstanding player for this for this team. One of our favorites for sure. One of my favorites and a very and a great guy. I mean, we've met him on a, on multiple occasions. Really great guy. Loves this community, as you said. <laughs> yeah, man. You feel me? That's <laughs> like every other word that come out of his mouth, bro. Like, yeah, I feel you, bro. <laughs> Uh, from too far away from here so he's he's really one of us so this is um um this uh, warren sharp tweeted out this of uh, one of he's one of only 13 players in nfl history to record 100 plus tackles in each of his first five seasons he's also the only player with at least 100 tackles two interceptions one fumble recovery in each of the last three seasons only 15 other players have done that even one of the last three seasons this is the kind of player that Telvin has been, and yes, there have been talk with, of course, bringing in Josh Allen. You know, maybe there, maybe even that was some of the rumblings too. Is is maybe a trade about to be about to about to happen? And one of the most um, iconic images that I always remember of Telvin, and you know, where he still he still might come back. I don't want to speak in absolutes here, but just the image of him in London, standing, you know, with Shad Khan and and um, and Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, locking um, arms arms that's one of my favorite images of uh of, of him so you know like we said we just really hope hope for the best for for telvin and hope that he's able to whatever's going on you know get everything everything together it's uh that's what's most important for right. sure All right so so yeah in terms of uh like a lot of people have been asking this too and we're not trying to by any means dismiss uh, Telvin or anything and not taking his situation severely again like he's from the 229 like me you know I feel like I feel like he represents our region well in terms of you know a person and a football player uh, but one like one of the questions we've gotten is like you know what what do the Jags do in terms of uh, like replacing him or like how do they move on from this if if indeed they didn't see it coming so I mean you know that's a question as to you know I I don't know like I feel like they they felt something was coming I don't know if they necessarily thought it was going to be this and possibly health related but I felt like they they felt something was coming they prepared for this because they drafted and I said this on Twitter when they drafted Quincy Williams in the third round a small school guy late in the third round I think that was telling of you know them preparing for some kind of news or some sort of you know just the the unknown them preparing for the unknown going forward so you know they got him he could play weak side linebacker even though you would prefer to have Telvin there over a rookie but you know they got Quincy Williams who would be a good uh weak side linebacker and then like uh Phil said they have Josh Allen you can always move Josh Allen to the strong side and move Miles Jack to the weak side where Telvin played, by the way, where Miles Jack has played very well at Telvin's position when he's been needed to play there and put Jake Ryan in the middle. And then, you know, you have a trio right there. So, you know, they have options. It appears the Jags, you know, they they did consider life without Telvin Smith and they, they, you know, they they did prepare for at least for a year. And we'll see, you know, what they do going forward. But again, like Phil said, most importantly, we just hope the man is okay in terms of his health. Most importantly, right? And and you know that that quote unquote replacement, you know, might be the name we just mentioned earlier in in Blair Brown, of course, a guy that's already familiar with the system. And keep this in mind as well, guys. If 
what that when that Instagram live video came out, you know, and it, it's it was kind of telling because he's and then when this came out today, he's probably been thinking about this for a while. You guys, this isn't he didn't just come to this decision just now. He's spoken about it with his family and whoever this this coach is, this mentor. Mm-hmm. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's talked to Puzz. You know what I mean? Like I said, we're all, we're just speculating. We're speculating right. here. We're, we're just speculating, and uh, we don't we don't know. But he, he this this does not strike me as a out of nowhere decision. He, he, you know, and then you, you have another guy that comes to mind when you look at, look at this kind of situation is Josh Gordon. He's a guy who's just trying to figure himself out. Josh Gordon, if fully committed to football is probably, you know, probably one of the best receivers in the league, mm-hmm. but he, he just does not have his mind right. And he, and he knows that and good for these guys just for stepping out and saying, you know what? I need to take care of myself before, you know, putting myself at risk. And ultimately guys, what is just going in, just going into willingly going into a car crash every single weekend. That's what these guys are doing. Right. So they're, to their brains, to their bodies, they're just physically jumping into a car crash every single week. And these guys are like, you know what? No, I got to, I got to take care of myself first. And mm-hmm. you know, kudos, kudos to them for doing it because you don't want anything tragic to happen, like you have seen from, unfortunately, way too many stories from multiple athletes, not just football players. You know what I mean? So this is a story we we uh, we hope ends positively but if anything has prevented a tragedy you know what i'm saying so yeah. hopefully that that's what comes of that's what comes of this and we ultimately hope to see number 50 back on the field very very soon so yeah, those are our thoughts you know on the telvin situation jay anything else you want to add before we get to our our next quick topic nah man that's that's pretty much it all right well of course we we haven't really gotten to discuss the draft you and i since since then i did not watch the draft i was watching avengers endgame which i won't spoil anything because jay i know you have not seen it and somehow managed to avoid all spoilers which kudos to you i don't know how you've done it <laughs> every time i see something that says avengers endgame or hashtag endgame with that logo on it i just like swipe past it real fast what you need to do on because tw- you're on you're always on twitter you need to go and mute those words and then they won't show up at all that's, that's what you true need yeah, um, so, I thought about that. Uh, but I did not get to watch the draft. Uh, I was attending Avengers Endgame. I had a 11 year uh, <laughs> date uh, <laughs> that was a planned date uh, that I had to <laughs> that I had to um, attend to. However, getting out of the movie theater, very excited and uh, seeing that we were able to land Josh Allen. And I don't know if you're on Reddit, Jay, but I, there's a video on the Jaguars Reddit of a, a, a Texans. Um, some some guy, some Texans, either podcaster or reporter, talking about the Jaguars draft and ask and then wondering how we keep getting away with these this this thievery in the draft every single. Year. <laughs> That's a good and question. He, he was just so mad at the Giants for for making that pick <laughs> and having Josh Allen fall to us, you know. So um, I I'm very excited about it. And, you know, and of course, with this recent news that that, that pick does help help that, uh, you know, help that just uh, a little bit. Um, But, you know, what we really want to focus on is the depth chart on offense uh, following the draft. We we did spend an early pick on tight end Josh 
Oliver. I know there was a lot of talk around here about TJ Hawkinson, who won just a couple of picks later. But hey, when you have a, and, and hey, Hawkinson may have been the guy. We 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 don't really know. But when you have Josh Allen there, you're like, holy crap. Right. Yeah, let's take <laughs> And even <laughs> like, you know, Allen. like me and you discussed about the whole thing about Haskins being there. You know what I'm saying? Like if Haskins, you know, even Josh Allen even had a better grade than Haskins. So like he gives us a reason on this podcast not to be mad that the Jaguars passed on passed on Haskins. Because I mean, like I, I was going to be mad regardless. But when I saw Josh Allen, who if you look on Jaguars, why I had nothing on Josh Allen because I thought he would be gone. Okay, I thought he was going to be going top four picks of the draft, at least maybe top five at the worst. So, like, you know, it was him still on the board. And, like, I wasn't even mad about them passing up on Haskins for him because he was such an elite talent. I mean, of course, I know about him being a Georgia fan and watching the SEC, but I'm not like it's not a situation where we, we're going to be mad that the Jags took Taven Bryan over uh what was it uh lamar jackson last year this is a little bit different in my opinion it reminded me very much of the the year we got jalen because we were i was terrified that dallas was going to take him same same. as soon as i heard ezekiel elliott's name called i was ecstatic of course being a cowboys fan i was happy that he they had gotten zeke but then that meant that the guy that we had coveted was there. And this is – it's, but it's a little different, Jay, because we didn't covet this guy because we didn't think he'd be there. No, <laughs> we didn't. Like, we didn't. <laughs> so shout out to to Mike Mayock and John Gruden for whatever the hell they're doing. <laughs> the New York Giants. <laughs> and, 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 and to the New York Giants. And uh, what's their GM's name? The guy uh, Gettleman. Yeah, Gettleman. <laughs> Shout out to those three men for um, for allowing a, a guy like Josh Allen to fall into our laps. We really appreciate it. Not so much the rest of the AFC South, but the we we here at the Jaguars Wire certainly appreciate it. But we, what we really want to more focus on, Jay, is the offensive side of the football. Um, some of those picks, including Josh Oliver, uh, running back Ryko Armstead, and of course, as we mentioned, future Hall of Famer. Gardner Minshew in the late in the later rounds. So Jay, when I was looking at this depth chart on offense. I know a lot of people were kept. kept one of the comments we kept seeing on, the, especially on Facebook, why are we taking a receiver? Why are we taking a receiver, guys? We have 19 receivers on the. <laughs> right. I think people forgot that Marquise Lee is still on the team. I genuinely think people forget that he's still right. on the roster, right. and just took DJ Chark in the second round last exactly. year. Exactly, the guy. Who who you feel like could have probably been a number a first round pick and you and you stole him in the second round just like we probably stole um, Jawan Taylor <laughs> right dude what is with us and steals these last three years man so, so you know we still have him you, you hope that Keelan Cole can have a bounce back year because he still he flashed early on this season um, and then all of a sudden just the drops came but and then his rookie year he looked. He looked great as well, and you know we we still we have we have plenty of wide receivers. So, give us a little preview. You know, of looking at the offensive depth chart now. Of course, we got our quarterback. You, you hope and, and you pray that the offensive line is healthy. And I even heard I can't remember who it was. Um, I can't I can't remember who it was um, that I was listening to on ESPN Radio talking about it. This line stays healthy. There's no reason why Leonard Fournette can't just run all day you know you know assuming that he's healthy but looking at the offense after the draft and after free agency 
how how you feeling? You know, what what do you what do you think about about the the offensive side of the football? Yeah, I mean, like I guess we could start with the quarterback situation. You know, um, you know, Foles is a that, and this is part of the reason. It's funny you were speaking on this. This is part of the reason with uh, the receivers why the Jaguars, in my opinion, why they didn't get a receiver is because they probably felt like the issue wasn't so much the receivers. Yeah, they had drops and whatnot, and they struggled. But they more so felt the issue was probably more so quarterback than receiver. So as much as, you know, me and you and 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 Jacob, you know, have been on record for saying we didn't agree with the money they threw at foes, there's no doubt that he's an upgrade over Bortles and he probably brings more consistency to the table. He definitely brings somebody who can consistently throw a spiral to the receivers. So like when you look at the quarterback position, it is upgraded, albeit they spent a lot of money to do that you know they you know again like you know the big thing with us was if you get Haskins you know you could save money to sign a Yannick Ngakwe or sign Jalen Ramsey this year which that was the kind of the big deal with that situation but you know nonetheless you know they got foals he's definitely an upgrade over uh Blake Bortles it's just is he that much of an upgrade in terms of the money over over Blake Bortles which remains to be seen well the only time will tell on that so uh the the quarterback position basically trickled down to next, which was the running back position. They added what several guys in free agency. They got Alfred Blue. They got Benny Cunningham, uh, both of whom I think can make the roster. If y'all seen my uh, roster breakdown and my predictions, uh, and then they got Armstead, who is that's a guy I'm going to talk on because you know it's it's a little bit coming away from the draft and. Uh, you know, we're still into that draft stage, that draft talk. But Ryquel Armstead is basically like Leonard Fournette, a one-cut-and-go guy that, you know, is a guy that when Leonard Fournette goes now, he could be the workhorse, the number one for this offense. And I, I basically, it's like I said on the last podcast, I just see him as insurance, if you will, for Leonard Fournette. And, you know, he'll be in, what, year three next year, Fournette will be. And he's had this friction with the front office. You know, this could be a backup plan, definitely, uh, to replace Leonard Fournette if they decide to part ways from him uh, later down the road. And we all know about the issues with them battling him for his contract guarantees. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind there. Um, So moving on to a receiver, as Phil was saying, uh, again, with foes there, I think they were comfortable with what they had. And they, I mean, they've already praised before the draft. They praised the addition of Chris Conley. Uh, so, you know, you, you had to think that, like, they didn't have a receiver on the top of their list. But uh, that being said, they also have D.D. Westbrook, as Phil said. You know, a guy that really, if D.D. Westbrook with a decent quarterback and, could be. And I didn't mention D.D. because I forgot about him. See, that's why we have too many. We have so many receivers. <laughs> Right, like it was no need to get a receiver, and like after uh, or should I say before the third round, it was no need. I mean, that you could even argue after the third round, it was no need to get one either. But with you know, with Nick Foles, I think you know, DD Westbrook could be a thousand yard receiver, and you get somebody as much as an upgrade. I'm just speaking in hypotheticals. Somebody like a you know, you upgrade to somebody of Tom Brady's caliber. DD Westbrook is probably you know, top three receiver in the league with him. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, that, I mean, just, just hypothetically thinking. So, you would think D.D. Westbrook's going to get better. He's going to be one of the top three receivers on this team. And that's crazy to say because he's so talented. You would think he's penciled in as the number one or two. He might be their starting slot guy going into this whole thing. Um, They have D.J. Chark, who they praised a little bit in the, the fashion of Conley. 
in terms of him being a height, weight, speed guy, he could be they I feel like Tom Coughlin, at least from his statements, feel like he could be the new Allen Robinson, just faster, if you will. So we'll have to see how that goes. But they they highly praised is what I'm saying. They highly praised this receiving core going into the the draft. So I wasn't surprised that they didn't get anybody. Um so I'm thinking that that position is going to be Chark, Westbrook, um, Conley, Marquise Lee. That's four right there. And maybe like uh, Tyree from uh, the, the undrafted guy, Tyree, that they got in uh, from Marshall as the fifth guy. But we'll see. And Keelan Cole. I forgot about Tyree. Keelan Cole. <laughs> Not David Tyree, right? Different, different no, Tyree. <laughs> that guy's retired, right? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that the guy that caught the ball off his like yeah, helmet? Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Tom Coughlin could get him out of uh, retirement. Right. Just for one one play in the Super Bowl, hopefully we can uh, get him to come. But right. yeah, I, that's it's just so many. Like we said, we there's so many so many receivers already, and then of course we'll have you touch on the offensive line here in just a moment, which is is really going to be the most important thing to all of this because it doesn't matter if any you know if any of it works, none of it works right. actually without the offensive uh, offensive line. But yeah, and I totally forgot about Chris Conley too. You guys saw you know, and I I was really excited about that about that signing. I think what what it does, and then you bring in Josh Oliver, who is a a pass catching tight end. He's not as flashy, of course, as the the Hawkinsons or the who is the other guy from Iowa? Um, the no uh, I forgot his name. No offense, or the 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 guy from uh, from Alabama wasn't really a name that you were hearing a lot about. But uh, it's an, another pick that a lot of I know a lot of draft analysts were very very high on. You get him in the third round, and just from seeing his you, when you watch his tape, guys, when you watch it, it's not flashy. It's not going to be flashy. But he he catch he catches the ball. He's a, he's a good pass catcher, right. and that's what Nick Foles needs from all of his years. You know, with that with with that um with that success with with Zach Ertz. Just look at what he just did in Philly. So getting that guy who's reliable mm-hmm. was very very important. Right. For- yeah. The thing about the tight end position, Phil, and I don't mean to cut you off, is like it doesn't necessarily have to be flashy. In fact, a lot of the marquee tight ends, like everybody, ain't gonna be like. Travis Kelsey you know what I'm saying like the 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 finesse tight end if you will you look at guys like Jason Witten you know who who got the job done he he definitely isn't the most flashy guy he I mean like he he creates he has he finds creative way to get separation but he's not a guy that's gonna dust somebody and lead somebody into dust you know he has to be creative and it's all about ball placement and this that and the other with him you look at Grunt was it Grunt wasn't flashy by any means Grunt was like Mike Ditka out there. He was a modern day Mike Ditka. He was straight. He he, his thing jumped was up the ball and then ran you over. Yeah, That's like it, it was nothing flashy about Gronk. I don't care what nobody says. Yeah, he he had some athletic traits, uh, but he was a pretty much straightforward type of tight end. So yeah, when you look at that position, man, like you don't necessarily you're not looking for a Travis Kelsey all the time per se or a Jimmy Graham per se. You know, and and for that reason, I think. Oliver should be fine. Look at that. I think if if Josh Oliver ends up being Mercedes Lewis or or a Ben Watson, then, then you won. Then you got it. Then you <laughs> right. got great value. You know what I mean? I would love for Josh Oliver to be the next Ben Watson. That be I would I would be so ecstatic with with that. I would love that. Uh, you know, so or um, or. Uh, you know, like uh, some of the other guys, you, you, you like Jason Witten, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, he doesn't 
doesn't need to be flashy. It just needs to be a good pass catcher. And hopefully with all these speedy wide receivers running around, and that's a lot of I – mean, I'm thinking about sets out there with that have – Marquise Lee, DJ Chark, you know, we got, we got, we're not even, we'll take Marquise Lee out of it, but just with Chark, Westbrook, and Conley out there, there's some fast guys running around out there. You know who's going to sneak out underneath, it, over the middle? Josh Oliver. That's who's going to jump <laughs> right. for six yards, and then it's going to be, you know what I mean? And that's what we're going to see over and over again. We're going to, I'm okay with us nickel and diming people all freaking season, all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't care. Right. And, and you know that's what, what we, the Patriots I, do. They nickel and dime people when you get down to it. And you know what? We're, we're early. Of course, we'll have our own our own episode down the line where we talk about predictions. But guys, I have this. I I I, I we we open up with the Chiefs, and eventually all this stuff is going to catch up with them. What's it? Uh, Tyreek Hill is not going to be there next you year. You would think. I, he's not going to be. I, I think they're just waiting for the next step, and and he's going to be. He's going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list, I'm pretty sure, very, very soon. So, you know, you lose Kareem Hunt, you lose Tyreek Hill. Yes, you still have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But that kind, of, that kind of production can't just – now they did just draft a guy, I believe, out of, out of Georgia. Is that who, who Kansas City got? They did get a guy very similar to Ty, Tyreek Hill. I think they were, they were expecting this. To 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 happen, you know. So they were they're getting prepared, but you know, you get it out. That's the that's how you got to beat teams like Kansas City, especially when you're constructed the way Jacksonville is. Right. You got to slow the game down, and that's how you do it. When you bring, you know, your offensive line is healthy, you get Leonard Fournette and Armstead out there and just run the ball for four or five yards, and then you dump it over the middle to to D.D. West, Westbrook on a streak, or or dump it off to you know to Oliver you know, over the middle. So, so that's what, that's how you got to beat teams. Cause you're not going to outscore. You're not, you're not right. going to out, you're not gonna run with them. You know what right. I mean? You're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off the thing. You said something very interesting about Tyreek Hill. The reason why the Jaguars struggled so much against the chiefs was because of Tyreek Hill. Now you take like him, that guy that could take the top off of coverages out of the equation. The Jaguars can basically, the way I see it, they can cover the chiefs. Now, like they covered the Patriots when they beat them in week two. You know, they could kind of treat it that way. You know, you could stick a Jalen Ramsey on Kelsey if need be. Or, you know, like they, they even did that in the AFC Championship against the Patriots. You know, you can, you know, it's different things you could do with Jalen Ramsey now because he ain't got to worry about Tyreek Hill blowing the top off the coverage now. So, like, that, that whole dynamic of not having him in Andy Reid's offense and Kareem Hunt, like you said, just changes the whole dynamic of the thing. And the the receiver, uh, by the way, you were referring to that they got from UGA McCole, uh, Nicole Hartman, Miko Hartman, uh, who, again, like for you to expect him to do what Tyreek, a veteran, was doing, you know, week one of the season against a defense of the Jags magnitude or against cornerbacks of the Jags magnitude, that's a lot to ask for. Yeah. So, yeah, like they, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, like you're looking at that week one game, you're like, uh, I'm a little skeptical on that, despite the odds. Like, that might be something somebody, we need to look into the odds on that game because we might can win some money off of that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I digress from my point. <laughs> different podcast we'll talk about that somewhere else right right <laughs> we need to get it we need to get a numbers guy on here and just talk to us about you know sports betting and teach us teach us his ways <laughs> that's nick's so, thing man nick could probably tell us yeah. a little something about that yeah that's what we need to do but yeah you're absolutely absolutely right you know to have to think a guy can just, and remember listen the score ultimately did not turn out very well but we were out of we we were in the game 
up until Blake Bortles Bortled. Okay. Yes, the score did not turn out to be great, but we held the defense was doing everything they could, but they were getting nothing in return from the offense. So you bring in, you know, you you hope that Nick Foles doesn't hit his freaking offensive lineman in the head and it results in an interception. You know, so (laughs) if you think that if anything, Nick Foles is running the, you know, running out, running out the clock and moving the ball down the field. So, you know, I'm very excited to see that matchup when the, when the, when it first came out. I was like, oh, crap. Well, there, you know, there's an 0-1 start, but then I think it's at home as well. But now, now you look at it a little bit, a little bit differently. So, of course, you know, on the offensive line, Jay didn't, um, of course, the addition of of Jawan Taylor, which we we got in the second round. That was a guy that people were pegging, you know, were were putting in to us with with the seventh pick, mm-hmm. and we ended up getting in the second round you know how you know how great of a uh, you know he we we necessarily we were leaning more towards winning jonah williams but hey if the the guy the other guy is there that everyone keeps talking about in the second round you take him and you, and they got him you know how do you right. feel about the offensive line going in even though we're a little questionable about the back aj can yeah man like the depth is night and day like when you look at the depth and you look at everybody back healthy you know the depth and this line in totality is kind of night and day different from what we saw last year, man. You got Cam Robinson coming back. Uh, you got Andrew Norwell coming back, both of whom were on IR to end the season. You got Brandon Linder, who was on IR, coming back at center. Uh, like you said, Can is a little bit questionable. But the thing about Can is, if you notice, when he had the other starters, the pure starters around him, you know, he was fine. Or, or, you know, you, you could kind of hide his deficiencies a little bit more when it was more starters around him. But you put A.J. Can with a group of four other backup guys, of course it's going to look horrible. And now I'm not the biggest A.J. Can supporter by any means. All I'm saying is he should be better because the talent around him is better. I still think they need to replace him, but that's another story for another time. And then, like you said, you got J. Juan Taylor coming in who should be the starting right tackle, or it could be Will Richardson, you know, if he doesn't pan out that way uh i guess we'll have to see but you would think that you can pencil in jay Juan taylor there and going back to will richardson you know now that that offensive line is filled out with starters now like the guys that got time last year on the field as a result at the backups as a result of the guys being the other guys being injured they now have experience under their belts too so now the depth is a little bit better when you look at you look at Tyler Shatley who had already gotten plenty of starts before last year uh he's coming back they re-signed him uh he's a guy that could replace Linder or play guard if need be uh one of those guys that just offers versatility he's gonna be back he's gonna be better uh they got Josh Wells back who is kind of meh but again, Josh Wells has more starts under his belt after last year. Uh, he also ended up on IR, if I'm not mistaken, by the end of the season. So you got guys like them in the backup role. You got Will Richardson, like I said, in the backup role at offensive tackle as well, who's a young guy we got in the fourth round who has starter potential. You know, that that is now a backup because of Jawan Taylor, the steal that he is. So uh, you got guys like that now. On that second layer, on that second string, you got guys like Bunchy Stallings who could be an undrafted guy, an undrafted gym, a guy I've seen a lot of at Kentucky. He helped Benny Snell to get three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons at Kentucky. I don't think a lot of people realize that Bunchy Stallings was a key part of Benny Snell who went to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the draft. He was a key part of his success. So you got him. He could be a gym. And we've seen Tom Coughlin put – 
uh, undrafted gems on the offensive line in his uh, his offensive lines in the past or on his rosters in the past, like Rich Newbert, who he won a Super Bowl with for crying out loud. So I really uh, I real I feel way better about the depth now, especially with the starters got with the starters back into the equation. And I, you know what? I think like this is a, a, a area where you don't really have to worry about as opposed to last year, because um, it looks like they are good, not only with the first string, but they have second string guys that have plenty of experience under their belts now. It's the best time of the year, right? To be a Jaguar fan from April to <laughs> August. <laughs> when we get to like the end of August, we're going to be, oh, it's going to be dry podcast and we're going to be pointing fingers at Tom Coughlin again, <laughs> wanting Marone fired. <laughs> Until week three of the preseason when Nick Foles throws two interceptions and we're like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Jesus. He'd be looking but like from, Blake out there. But from the end of April till early August, you guys, this is the, we're the happiest fan base in the league. Uh, yeah, you, you just hope that, you know, the, of course it all just, as I, as I already mentioned, just hinges on the, the, the offensive line. You hope that Norwell can live up to that, that contract and just keep Foles upright, give him time, open up gaps for Leonard Fournette. You know what I mean? So, oh boy, it, it's, it's, it's looking, you know, on paper, it looks better. Yeah, it, it, looks it, better. It, it looks, it looks better. And um, the question is, how yeah. much better is it, though? Exactly. And, you know, you really don't know until you you throw it out there and, you know, you see what works and 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 what doesn't work. You know, in a few weeks, we'll you know, or when training camp opens in a, in a month or so, we'll we'll talk about how great the team looks and how everyone's gelling. And then we'll, we'll get out there and in game action and we'll be like, well, this didn't look like what we saw at all. <laughs> so. Yeah, I remember last training camp, me, you and Boogie, well, the one that me, you and Boogie went to. You came on the podcast like that day or the next day. You're like, man, yeah, man, tell them, uh, Tave and Brian looks real good, man. I was like, is this the same feel from earlier this year? And, and then, like, that I was the last good thing you had to say about him. It's like the last time I ever mentioned his name. And speaking of, you know, those players on injured reserve, I'm pretty sure you and I were on injured reserve by the time the end of this season was over. So we, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, we will get some more. And really, it's all about luck because everyone's playing hurt at the end of the year. That's it's true. who's on that injured, you know, on that injured list when it is all said and done. But hey, guys, you know, that's we just wanted to touch on the offensive side of things here. Probably next episode, we'll go on the defensive side. And hopefully we'll have some more stuff to talk about pertaining to this Telvin Smith situation, which, of course, stay tuned to the Jaguars Wire for all of the up-to-date news with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, We just wanted to get those things out of the way. And once more, we absolutely wish the best for Telvin and his family. We hope that he gets well and to see him back very, very soon. But Jay, what do we got coming up on the site? You know, I know where we got some really, really fun projects that we hope to get up and running here very soon. Speaking for myself and Eric at the Wait For It podcast, we have Megacon coming up next weekend in Orlando. Jay, I really hope you're able to join us on that. And hopefully we can bring you guys some really, really cool content from that. But uh, as far as the, the site and what you got going on, Jay? Um, what, what what do you want to what do you want to talk about? And then we will we'll get out of here. Yeah, man. Um, I got to continue. I got all of the information on the rookie picks up. Uh, I, I guess I could do a little bit more on there. I didn't really mention a lot of their contract specifics, so uh, I might do a little something on their contract specifics, which 
again, like they don't get paid a huge amount, you know, but still we can get some up on there for all of you figures, guys. Um, We're going to talk more on the Telvin Smith situation, just like we talked about what the Jags can do to, you know, basically replace him or make do without him at least for a year or whatever the case may be. I'm going to put a written format of that on the Jaguars wire either tonight or tomorrow. So we got more of that. Uh, coming up hopefully i want to try if if this podcast is short enough to get this up tonight as well and add that to the list of content for tonight so um yeah that right now that's pretty much all i got and uh you know some stuff on our rookies coming up rookie mini camp friday saturday and monday or friday saturday and sunday i'll have some stuff up on that um if you all go to google and search jaguars rookie mini camp i did it myself this is how i know uh, a majority of the articles will be by the Jaguars Wire. So we got that all covered for you, and we'll have more uh, heading into the weekend. So that's it. And, you know, one more thing I wanted to mention. Hopefully you guys are still uh, have not stopped listening at this point, wherever you're, whatever you're listening on. <laughs> but one thing, um, this was a tweet from Joel Curry, who I believe does salary cap articles for CBS Sports. Somebody asked him about how this Telvin Smith situation affects the cap. So assuming he does not have a change of heart, you know, and then decides to come back, um, the 9.75 base salary will not be paid in the five $5 million in guarantees should be voided. Uh, the Jaguars will get $9.75 million in salary cap relief, and his $810,000 signing bonus would not be recaptured. So as far as the money side of things with the Jaguars, it, you know, if, if Telvin decides to go this route, um, we will free up some money, which may be able, which which may you know give them the means to bring in somebody to fill in that role, even if it is temporary so i didn't mean to bring that up earlier but that's that's a good point by the way uh while you mentioned that because this has been a big topic uh about the jaguars or surrounding them is yannick and gakwe that money could be used to pay yannick as well so we'll see we will see indeed well hey guys that is it for us um thanks for joining us here in the Jags Den. Of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Jags Den Podcast, the Jaguars Wire, and of course our Facebook page as well. Make sure you give Jay a follow at SportsGrind underscore Don, our colleague Jacob at underscore Jay Della, myself, Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. Smash that like button on iTunes, Stitcher or Heart, whatever it is, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and of course the Audio Boom Network via usa today we really appreciate all the support you guys keep uh, make sure you stay tuned for all up-to-date jacksonville jaguars news you guys stay safe and we will see you next time pros like you know trusted brands have a hand in helping you nail the job start with lowe's where you'll find those brands and savings too stop in today and pick up a new metabo hpt one and three quarter inch 15 degree pneumatic roofing nailer for 20 bucks less now 269 and get a new dewalt tough grip 52 piece steel hex shank screwdriver bit set for just 14.98 saving you five bucks for even more ways lowe's saves your business money stop by the pro desk and talk to our dedicated pro team today whatever you need to get the job done do it right for less start with lowe's offers valid through 11.6 us only